I get Corona. At the end of the day, I'm not gonna let it stop me from partying. You know. We've been waiting for Miami spring break for a while. About two months we've had this trip planned. Two, three months. So we're just out here having a good time. Whatever happens, happens. With the bars being closed, you know, we'll find alternatives. Unfortunately, it does suck. Like the bars and restaurants are closed, but we'll find ways out for it. Like it's really messing up with my spring break. What is there to do here other than go to the bars or the beach and they're closing all of it? It's really messing up. I think they're blowing it way out of proportion. I think it's doing way too much. All right, Mike, we're back. Welcome. The Young Jerks, Mike Crawford here. I'm on the phone. Grant Smith is live in our home studio. We got uh, some news today. Yeah, we're just, we just like everyone else. We're in the middle of the epidemic, uh, pandemic, I guess is what is the correct term. But yeah, Grant's waving. What's up, Grant? Not too much. Uh, as you said, uh, we are going live today because. The very nature of what the Young Jerks is as a show, due to my, due to like everything else in life right now, had to change a little bit. And part of that adaptation to this sort of new reality is we're learning how to broadcast the show not only more often, but from our remote studios that we've started to set up. So thank you all for bearing with us as we go through this sort of first episode of the virtual young jerks and mike thank you for allowing me to help out as we get this set up yeah we're uh it's it's you know one of the things that we're hoping to do is to do a lot more shows which grant just mentioned uh however a lot of changes for us like we're not we're not going to be probably doing a show this sunday like we always do at 5 p.m um, and we're not going to be doing any more shows from our studio that we've had for a while now in Somerville, Mass. Um, like everyone else, we're, we're being economically affected. Our show definitely is being affected uh, as well. At, you know, the, the greater media, you know, this is always me because a lot of people are suffering. And that's some of what we're going to talk about today. But uh, for us, it definitely has an effect where we have to give up our studio. So, you know, just both on a safety issue as well as the fact that there's an extra cost that we're just not going to be able to swing anymore, um, you know, because primarily we've been funding the operation through myself and some of our sponsors that we get. Uh, my business is a dog care, dog walking business, and that is definitely down since this uh, pandemic struck. We don't know how long that's going to last, so that funding source is gone. Um, the funding source for the state, you know, station itself through Brian Murphy He's also uh, lost his job. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we've also seen that, uh, you know, probably not going to get any big sponsor money that we had, you know, had. Uh, we were in the middle of some big talks and expecting uh, to fund really our operation through sponsors over the next year. And we definitely know that's not happening, as well as our big event that we were going to do. 
Uh, we did one last year. So like all of our revenue sources are basically gone except for one, which is really the one that I have loved the most and relied on the most. Um, it's the one that makes you feel the best. It's, it's listener-supported, viewer-supported. And so that's one of the reasons why we're going live today is to announce some of these changes that we're going to be doing hopefully a lot more video, uh, a lot more podcasting, a lot more writing. Uh, if you notice this week, we put out two different uh, releases on midnightmass.substack.com. Uh, so definitely subscribe there. You can always kick in uh, five bucks a month and become a paying subscriber on there. But we're also asking you if you want to chip in through Venmo or uh, the Cash App, this is a good time to help us. Uh, the, my, the Venmo uh, for contributions right now is Mike Crawford, TYJ, just like the Young Jerks. It's Mike Crawford, TYJ. Or you can do it on the Cash App, which is uh, Cash Mike Crawford 1. We're definitely uh, taking contributions to help, you know, continue to do what we do. Uh, we're buying new equipment. We're setting up home studios. We're, uh, you know, spending money on Zoom. We're spending money on new microphones and setting up new studios. And there's also, uh, hopefully, we want to get a phone line, just like we had in the past. And that's going to also cost us some money. So these are costs. And, you know, we're definitely down financially right now. So if you are still working and you want to support what we're doing, the local media, today would be a great day to do so. Right, Grant? Absolutely. And um, although you cannot see Mike right now, starting in about two or three days, uh, Mike will also be set up with his home studio. And he will be uh, live on video for all the episodes to give you all some sense of what it is we're thinking about doing. So instead of doing one Young Jerk show every Sunday, we're now going to have a series of sort of mini episodes that will focus on different topics, and they may air randomly. We may have some shows that are scheduled and announced ahead of times, um, but some of these shows will be sort of special content for those of you who may be stuck in your home, those of you who may be looking for uh, various cannabis and political-related educational materials. Uh, for example... Education, uh, too. Yep, that, education. That's going to be very big on this coronavirus and going forward and how to survive and news about the community. Um, but, you know, one thing I want to say, too, about, you know, what you just mentioned, um, you know, we're, we're going to... We're doubling down. We're, we're, we're taking a setback in some ways, but this is a huge opportunity for us because one of the things I wanted to do was maybe slow down in my dog care business and focus more on this media work. And this gives us an opportunity to do that. So we're going to be doing a lot more of that, a lot more education interviews. We have more flexibility. Uh, we're investing in it. So if you care about the show, this would be a good time. And, and the writing as well, midnightmass.substack.com. If you haven't subscribed, check that out. There's two subscriptions free subs or you a free subscription or you can do the premium paying subscriber and we appreciate all of our subscribers we've been getting a lot more of those both the free side a lot of free ones but as well as the paying and uh, we really love uh, the support we've been seeing on everything that we put out we're going to be providing a lot more education and we're going to talk about some of that today right grant yeah absolutely uh, part of uh, what i was getting into is that that support that you guys provide us is gonna supplement a lot of the support we would have gotten from sponsors and other folks like that. And part of what that allows us to do is really hone in the content to focus on 
stuff that the viewers are, are really going to enjoy. And one of the uh, special episodes we have coming up is actually something that I, as a homebound and disabled patient, needed to learn about as fast as possible, which is how to get a home grow set up in the case of supply chain disruptions uh, from the coronavirus in the cannabis industry. And so uh, whether it's learning how to grow, talking with doctors, nurses, medical professionals, patients in the community, I'm hoping that we can provide a way for people to relate to the outside world in an interactive manner while we all go through this together over the coming weeks and months. Perfect. And we hope to get a phone number too so people can call in if they want to leave comments. Uh, we might be able to read those today. I'm not sure. We'll, we'll yep. have to figure that out too. Well, we have a lot. We have a lot we're working on. We're going to be working on more stories too on midnightmass.substack.com, and with our print partner, we have uh, some decent print partners, especially Dig Boston. However, they're no, no longer our print partner because they, they just stopped printing because of the coronavirus, and that's another place that uh, you're going to find a lot of local content. I, I also want to shout them out, Dig Boston. Uh, some of the stories that they've put out recently: mutual aid involves in Massachusetts. You should check that out. Uh, a short note of appreciation for retail workers. Uh, status report, the multiplexes, 319.20. You should check that out, too. They have a lot of good stories on there. That multiplex story was excellent. It was just about all the local theaters, the local movie theaters, like AMC, and what they're actually doing or not doing, it seems like in almost every instance, for their employees that they've just had to lay off. So uh, some really good content coming out of Dig Boston. And to, to look at what they're doing right now is to kind of get an idea of what we're doing, too. And we're, we're partners with them, and we want to provide more content like Grant's talking about, which we're going to do something on Homegrow. People, like you just said, Grant's going to do the first special episode coming up. Uh, we haven't even announced it yet, but we're going to have some guests on the show, and Grant's going to host that episode. It's going to be about homegrowing, which we just mentioned. And uh, so I'm really excited about that episode, Grant. Oh yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Part of what this made me realize, so I, I mean, as, as you know, Mike, and I think as some of the listeners know, I've been uh, homebound for many years now. And part of that transition to uh, that limited uh, mobility on my part was learning how to go through this kind of isolation in a way while still maintaining some sense of meaning in my life. And part of what that uh, part of what really helped me do that was actually your show and being able to uh, participate in community-based discussion and call-ins and all of that. So now having an opportunity to, to bring that to the community who might not be as used to this kind of social isolation, I think is something that I'm really excited about. So I'm very grateful you gave me the chance to help out. I'm really grateful for you too, helping make this happen because you know, last week I didn't know what we were going to do. And uh, after I talked to you, I knew exactly what we were going to do. So I'm excited. I think we're going to have more content than ever. Um, a lot of our content is getting a lot of views. A lot of people are checking us out, like major people. Uh, I mean, and this week we put out a couple, like I said, releases. One of them, uh, Midnight Mass, was called 50 Medical Doctors Warn of Coronavirus Emergency. This was uh, 50 doctors in Massachusetts, medical doctors from Brookline, Massachusetts. And that post got over 225,000, 220, that's almost a quarter of a million people read that in just a couple days. Um, it's amazing. 
and to see how many uh, state reps, city councilors, people who are, they know what's going on. They're resharing our content. And uh, I'm really happy about the work that we do because, you know, a lot of people who don't know the show, they see me being a big mouth on Facebook or whatnot. Uh, and then, you know, they don't listen to the show, so they assume the show's about me being a big mouth, <laughs> which maybe there is some moments uh, of that happening on the show once in a while. But more recently, and especially lately, you know, we're best in the show when we're giving the community a platform. And that's why this show, to me, is so important. I don't want to lose this community. I don't want to lose see them lose this platform, this place where they have a voice, where the community comes together with the people in power. And they all get a, you know, I think that the politicians like our show because they respect it. They know that it's a strong show and that they, you know, that they're not always going to get a free ride on our show, but they also know that we respect them and especially the conversations that happen on the show and that we're trying to bring people together from our community. We're trying to get things done and we're not trying to villainize them. And I think it's uh, a great thing that we have going and it's not because of me. It's because of this community and it's, that's what's been keeping me going for quite a while. So I'm really excited because I know that, this has so much opportunity because we need community now more than ever. So I, I want to mention too tonight, like um, we're going to have much more opportunities for people out there too as well. And what I mean by that is if you have products that you want to show off and do giveaways, you want to do fundraisers, there's so much opportunity to get involved. Uh, I want to even mention one, just one small example uh, with the hospitals right now. They're looking for 3D, 3D printers to make masks. So we can be helping that way. Uh, we can be helping in other ways, too. And a lot of times what we do is get the word out. And then the community gives us information. We're able to relate it to a lot of other people, a lot of people in positions of power, uh, a lot of uh, business owners. So we want to continue to do that. And we're going to be able to do more content, do more shows, do more conversations that maybe we didn't get to do before. Because we were only doing a once-a-week show, and it was a live studio, so you had to book someone in. Uh, now it's going to be we can really talk to anyone at any time about anything. So, Grant, how happy does that make us right now? Yeah, and not just that. The, the very nature uh, of the show itself is going to change. Uh, for example, Mike, while you were just talking, uh, the viewers got to see not only uh, on the screen in real time the picture of uh, the, the actual web page of the Midnight Mass article featuring the 50 uh, uh, medical doctors making their statement. I was also able to pull up for the viewers a news article about MGH, uh, the director, asking for 3D printed supplies. So what really excites me is that switching to this virtual format for the show really changes how we can present information to the audience in real time. And that's something that I'm really looking to explore because I think in this time period right now, more so than ever before, people are very much trying to find pathways of authoritative and informative uh, sources of uh, news. And I'm hoping that we can step up and provide some of that in a way that is trustworthy, independent, verifiable, and such. So I'm excited. Yeah. 
and local, always local and about our community. And we're repping the community, and uh, we're, we're going to do what the community wants, too. Like, you, you, if you have a topic that you want to know about, let us know. Let Grant have, and I know. We have one in the comments, actually, Mike. Uh, yeah. Lady, J, Lady J has uh, said she'd like us to talk about a potential medicine drive for hardship patients who might have ran out of their medicine. Is anyone doing that, or, or, or is it expecting us to do it? <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know if she wants us to do it, but I think she wants to uh, have the topic brought up in the hope that maybe someone, not us per se, but someone will get on the ground to actually do that, which I think is a good idea. Yeah, and we're definitely going to do a lot more shows on medical cannabis. Like, that was the next, like, it's so funny because, you know, the last two weeks we basically haven't done a live show because of the coronavirus, and we didn't know what we were going to do, and... The next show was going to be all about medical cannabis patients and all the stuff that we're dealing with. And so we're going to do a lot. Like, that's going to be one of our first three, four, five shows. In the first couple of weeks, we're going to do quite a bit on medical cannabis, no doubt about it, because delivery is an option that needs to be, like, number one. Like, we talked, they talked about slowing down delivery before because of public safety. Now it's a public safety issue not to make it the number one priority. So delivery, we're, we're, we're going to be all over that. And, and as well as, you know, some other issues that we're seeing with, you know, the product itself, like the scarcity and making people line up and, and seeing the runs on the product now. So we'll be I, all into that. Anyone who wants to, you know. Oh, sorry. Let, I, uh, you just hit on a topic that I was actually just about to ask you about which is what do you think about this news that states like San Fran uh, states like California and New York have taken steps to classify marijuana operations as essential businesses to keep them open during the coming uh, lockdowns I mean it's so logical of course it's medicine yeah, I mean we've been saying that forever I mean this is common sense this is uh, absolutely they are essential you know so yeah, of course, and and we have to make sure, just like we're having issues in the medical field with masks and equipment, we have to make sure the supply the you know supply chain is up to snuff because I don't think it is, and uh, it's easy to run out of product and not have not to have enough. So people are stocking up now, worried that they're not going to be able to get their supplies. So it is definitely essential. And I, I got to say, I um, want to give a huge shout out to my caregiver who put uh, everything else aside when I uh, mentioned uh, at the beginning of the month that I was concerned about access to my medication and actually gave me double the amount of medication I normally get per month for half the price of what I pay for wow. one ounce. So wow. I, got, I got two ounces for the price of what I would pay for half an ounce. That's amazing. You got a good caregiver, and that's what we. That's another issue that we we need to keep pushing for caregivers. We need more caregivers. Like, why should we send people to stores and lines when we could just have Joe, that lives right next door, grill the supply for them, and you don't have to travel. It just makes so much more sense. It's actually something that I'm a little bit concerned about because I, I I know you've been following this somewhat, but. Uh, the CCC uh, is going to go through another round of updating its regulations, the State Cannabis Control Commission. And part of what they're thinking about changing is the way caregivers work currently. So I, I know you know about it, Mike, but some people might not know that the way caregivers work now is that uh, you, 
if you're a medical cannabis patient, you can either obtain your medication from a registered retail medical dispensary. They're called marijuana treatment centers. Or you can obtain your medication from a registered caregiver who grows the medication for you and then delivers it to you at a low cost. Using caregivers, patients pay on average about 50% of what they would pay if they went to a, a marijuana treatment center. Yeah. However, those caregivers can only have one patient at a time, which makes it impossible. And, 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 yeah, and legally they're not supposed to take any money, which is BS too, I mean, come on. Well, they're, they're not supposed to take any money beyond what it costs them to, to grow the, the medication. The product, right. And so they're thinking about changing this one-to-one -one regulation, which I think is a really good idea, but I'm a little worried because I've heard some rumblings from, uh, let's say, the uh, representatives of those uh, brick-and-mortar corporate cannabis dispensaries, and they want to make it so that if the caregiver ratio gets expanded from one-to-one -to, -one to something like 10-to-1, that the caregivers would have to obtain the medication at retail price from a brick and mortar dispensary before bringing it to patients. Yeah, that's that that doesn't work. That's so lame. Now, who that that just defeats the whole purpose. This it's again. <laughs> let's go look at what Maine did for caregivers and what happened. Like, let's not. It's unbelievable. Massachusetts, the the, the big cannabis always has to screw it up. Well, you know, in Massachusetts, um, when they rolled out recreational delivery, although it's not really rolled out, but when they rolled out the rules for recreational delivery, they originally wanted to do that with recreational delivery as well. They wanted these delivery yep. companies to have to buy the product at retail price and then bring it to, to consumers. Right. Well, myself and a few other people stood up and said to the commission, this is just giving a regulatory sales monopoly to those small group of dispensary owners. Yeah, so, it's like so, Uber Eats. It's like you, exactly. you're, you're treating your caregiver like Uber Eats. I mean, this is, that's not gonna work. <laughs> that oh, is not a business model in any medical field that will work. What gives me hope though, is that after some of us spoke up to the CCC, they changed their recreational delivery model. And the way that they right, changed they it was that they allowed micro-businesses, uh, people like River Run Gardens, Deep Roots, uh, to not only grow and manufacture products, but deliver them directly to consumers. And so that's what I'm trying to suggest become the caregiver model in Massachusetts, basically a micro-grow with the ability to manufacture and extract products and then deliver them directly to patients. That's exactly what it has to be. What you just said, Grant. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> like, if they don't do the 10 to 1 that way, then it's not worth anything. So, um, yeah. We have a exactly. comment. They have to be able to manufacture the product or at least get it from another micro-grow. Like, allow them to get it from anyone, at least who's licensed. I mean, that's but even that's too much. They should be able to grow their own product. They should have some choice over the mark, you know, over what they're selling. Well, micro-grows, uh, micro-businesses in the recreational market right now can obtain uh, product from other uh, registered cultivators up to 2,000 right. pounds per year. So the, the, I think it's reasonable for caregivers with a 10 patient limit to obtain say 500 to 1,000 ounces per year, something like that. Yeah. 
from other registered growers. <laughs> I don't think anyone uh, from our community is going to have an issue. I think that this, this is all what we want. <laughs> I'm wondering what they're all saying. I can't. I'm, you know, I'm trying to. I, I'm on one computer, the, the watch party. Uh -huh. so I can see the comments on the watch party, uh -huh. and I'm on the phone. I can't see. It's weird. This is this is this is all different for us today. I'm, I'm sure the the audience is kind of thrown off too, but I like it. It's it's working out good. Do you like it, Grant? What do you think? Oh, I think it's great. We actually have another comment on the uh, mainstream, which uh, is from uh, the I Am Cannabis Sativa podcast, who's a friend of the show. And he says, we need a pre-corporatized Michigan model or a main caregiver model. That's it, main caregiver. I know that. <laughs> I don't know about the other one because I haven't looked at it, but main caregiver, I know all about it, and that's what we need 100%, I agree. Uh, we have some other comments, too, I think, in the watch party. Um, Stephen Mandilli, Sergeant Stephen Mandilli, also, uh, is he, what is he, a selectman or an alderman? I think it's a selectman now. In Uxbridge, yeah. I believe? Yeah, in the town of Uxbridge. Uh, he's an elected official, in addition to being, he doesn't like when I call him a war hero, but, you know, he is. He's, he's a good guy, too. He's really good for veterans. Uh, he said we should check out Britt Smith about the medicine drives. Like, apparently, she's doing some uh, medicine drives. So, yeah, we should talk. Because, you know, we were doing that earlier, uh, you know, give it, doing the giveaways and all of that stuff. But, you know, I just don't know if we're up to it right now with all of our other challenges. So if Britt Smith is doing that, yeah, maybe we can uh, do something with Britt Smith, too. She's also got a podcast. Uh, I think it's called The Different Leaf. Uh, we have some other comments, too. Uh, Lauren... Laurel um, posted, it is so incredibly hard to get right now unless you want to pay outrageous dispensary prices. Uh, this is Laurel talking about uh, the cost of cannabis right now. And it, it's really, a, there is kind of a shortage and a problem right now on the cannabis market for patients. Uh, fortunately for me, I have some great connections. So I think that people need to uh, continue to look around among their friends and maybe even put the word out on Facebook, uh, you'll be surprised if you have a lot of friends on Facebook who pops up and, and lets you know that they're growing locally. Uh, I, I just hooked up with some amazing, I'm looking around, a local grow that's just top ends, top ends. So, and it was close by. Uh, it's certainly, you you're, you're smoking on something good right now. I keep looking up and I see, I'm seeing Grant smoke. I can't smoke inside, so oh. uh, this, this space for me. You're, you're really taunting me. I hope I have no audience members are like that. Grant's enjoying himself. Go ahead. Oh, what are you no, say? I, I didn't know you couldn't smoke inside. I'm lucky that I'm right next to a window with a fan. But um, what I was going to say is that, yes, uh, Britt Smith, uh, her post uh, was very uh, informative. And I think her idea is absolutely uh, centered in sort of the right uh, direction, which is trying to find a way to create a sort of mutual aid society for uh, patients who might be in need. Um, it, we all know, especially as a financial hardship patient myself on a fixed income, the hardest thing in the world is already trying to obtain cannabis with, on a fixed income. But trying to do so while there are supply chain disruptions can be even more difficult. So anything that people are doing to help link uh, vulnerable patients with financial hardships to uh, other patients uh, or growers who might be willing to donate in this time of need 
is uh, something that's crucial, and perhaps we could even have Britt Smith on at some point to talk about her initiative. That's right. That would be great. Um, it's, um, it's, I, yeah. Like usually these these moments, I would give a phone number six one seven seven zero two two five four two. No, we we don't have that phone number anymore. We we need a new phone number. We're we're, we're set up on Zoom now. We're setting up the show. Uh, we're going to be broadcasting more often. Grant and I are both going to be broadcasting remotely and having a bunch of conversations with people in the community, um, both in cannabis and in politics, but as well as just general people who are suffering under this coronavirus and the disruption in their lives and their businesses and how to get by. And we're going to stick to local content too. So, you know, I just want to thank everyone uh, who's been leaving comments and watching. Uh, Stephen Mendeli's uh, posted another comment and noting he is a selectman. He is a selectman. But uh, we want to make sure that people, uh, their spirits are up even though it's a tough time. Because I know, I, I you know, last week I was pretty depressed. And now I feel like, I have some meaning and some purpose, and I'm really ready to go. And I hope that people get there. It's this is a really tough adjustment for all of us economically, but especially just being in the house with you know you, just one person or two people, whoever you're living with right now. That dynamic has changed, so we're all in a lot of stress period because you know for me we had a lot of we have a lot of space where we live. Unfortunately for us, uh, my girlfriend and I, but. We had even more space because, you know, we were often out doing walks and we were often uh, doing dog shits. We often had shows, studio shows outside. All of that is in for us. And I know a lot of people are going through that. So we'll, we'll have more discussions on, you know, how to get through life right now, uh, both economically, but as most emotionally, relationship-wise, family-wise. We're into that. And if you you don't want to add to the conversation, we're going to feature a lot more of you on the show. This is Mike Crawford speaking remotely. Uh, Grant Smith is hosting in our new studio. He's got the, his studio set up. We're going to have a new studio here at home as well. So we're going to have a lot more shows, a lot more content with the Young Jerks. I want to remind people, if you have a 3D printer or you know someone, start printing up masks and bring them over to the hospitals like Mass General and Brigham and Women. They need masks right now. You can print 3D print mask. But again, I just want to mention, if you want to support our show and you want to help us out with what we're doing right now, we have a Venmo. It's Mike Crawford TYJ. Please send money. We would love you if you sent money or in the cash app. It's a uh, money, money sign. What is that called? A money sign Mike Crawford one. Yeah. We yeah. appreciate all contributions. It helps us get a phone line. It helps us create more content. It helps pay our writers. Go ahead, Grant. No, I was going to say, uh, we actually, are, we have a pretty big audience tonight. And so one of the things we talked about was there is a way uh, for people who might want to call in and join the conversation before we get our dedicated phone line to do that. And if anyone out there uh, tonight is listening and would like to call in, I don't know if you're feeling you know, uh, isolated, or if you have something you want to weigh in on about the caregivers, or uh, what life will be like under the lockdown, uh, you can try to call in tonight, uh, 1-646-558-8656 is the number. That number is in the comments of the live stream video. Uh, once you call it, though, it's not like our regular number. They're going to ask you for a meeting ID. Every time you call in, the meeting ID is going to be the same. It's 657 577 6264. 
we can take more than one call at a time. If you do call in, we'll have one caller at a time. So, you know, wait for your turn. But if you'd like to call in either now or in the future, we'll welcome those calls. And uh, that was my, something Mike asked me to set up. So we'll see if it works. We'll see if anyone calls in. <laughs> Um, another question I was going to ask you, Mike, so, you know, we're starting to see uh, on the coronavirus, we're starting to see this pattern of states and cities uh, jumping the queue and getting ahead of the federal government for good reason, I think. Uh, the federal government's response for weeks on end seemed to be more about managing its reputation and managing the headlines than it did about actually preparing us for what this could result uh, in. Uh, but some states have gotten ahead of uh, the government, the federal government, uh, New York, California, Illinois today, all issuing shelter-in-place orders. Uh, what do you think uh, Charlie Baker is thinking right now, and do you think we're going to see that kind of order in Massachusetts? I don't know. I mean, today he said he wasn't going to, but a lot of people seem to think that's going to happen Monday. So uh, we'll see what happens, or even this weekend. Um, I mean, we definitely have to flatten the curve, but, you know, one of the things that I think is getting missed, you know, I think that message for a lot of people has gotten out to flatten the curve and the, and the social distancing. I think it does help. It's obviously, you know, kind of frustrating when you see people at spring break and some of the younger people not taking it seriously. But having said that, I think a lot of people are doing the right thing. And I think, unfortunately, one of the things that's get, still getting missed, and I think you nailed it with uh, the federal response, the president's response specifically, we need to do what China did. We need, like, when I talk about 3D printed masks, this is what I'm talking about. And I feel like we have to do that. Massachusetts has to do that because our leaders aren't up to it, even Governor Baker. You know, we need to actually have, like, a national response like China had. China started building hospitals overnight. They have so much capacity now because they just started building. We, we're, we're not doing that. We should have sewing circles. We shouldn't have a problem with masks. With um, the amount of 3D printers we have, with the amount of technology, with, the, with Reebok here, with all of these manufacturing companies right here, we should be able to you know, have ventilators, but it doesn't seem like it's happening. And that's a big problem. And I think that... Uh, we as individuals have to start doing that. If you run one of these companies, if you have a 3D printer, don't wait for the government. Don't wait for someone to pick you. Go do it. Because, we, we, you know, that obviously you can't build a hospital. I mean, that's something that we, I think we should be pushing Trump, Trump on. Uh, I think that's really, we, we have to build the capacity because we are short. We just don't. And that includes um, training people to work in the hospitals because, even if we do build more hospital beds and we have more ventilators and we have more equipment, we don't have the number of bodies to work those. We don't have enough nurses. So we need to really ramp up. All these people who are unemployed now in the entertainment business and the music business, we need them on the first lines. We need them to become nurses overnight. Well, we need them to work the ventilators overnight. Like So we need to really uh, both individually, but also on a national and a state level, we need to be demanding this. I'm, I'm pro shutdown. I think shutdowns do help, but I think if we're not building capacity, it doesn't matter. This, even if we 
um, keep the curve down, we, we flatten the curve, it's still way over capacity. If we're not building hospital beds, if we're not training people, we're screwed. So that's my, I'm gonna raise that alarm tonight. Yeah, and you are not wrong. And just so people have a sense, uh, I know uh, this buzzword, flatten the curve, is out there. But so people understand it. Uh, our hospitals, even though the United States has one of the best healthcare systems in the world, with uh, bar none, it's not the best, but it's one of the best, it could easily become overwhelmed if even a small percentage of the uh, projected coronavirus infections had to go to the hospital. And I think what people sometimes fail to realize is that the way that that system functions when it runs out of space is that it starts making choices between who lives and who dies based on comorbidities and age. That's right. And I don't think we ever, as Americans, thought that we would face a situation where hospitals would domestically begin triaging people when deciding who to give care to. And I'm also, oh, uh, Mike, we actually have a call. Cool. Uh, who's on the line? Welcome to the Young Jerks. Hey, Grant, this is Big Ed. How are you? Big Ed, thank you so much for being our first test caller. Oh, great. Test caller. Does that mean we're going to run out of me's? Yeah, <laughs> I think you're all right. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, um, I hear the call for, you know, 3D printers and all that. Somebody should reach out, and I don't know if they have, to Staples, to all these office places. They have a shitload of those things. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah. What, do you think? what do you think, Mike? I think it would be great if Donald Trump was saying that. If Governor Baker was saying that, if Mayor Walsh was saying that, I guarantee you Staples would be right on it. But, you know, we're saying it, so I think that's what we we need to keep bringing that stuff up because this is ridiculous that we're not building the capacity, that we're not creating these things ourselves, that there's not a national, state, even local movement on this. Well, yeah, it's like everything else. I mean, sometimes the ground ground movements have a lot more impact. I mean, we should. I mean, I have the staples in an email address. Everybody can just just start writing in, start donating these things. That's right. I think that people need to. I think that if you work at one of these companies and you're just out of work and laid off, you should be hitting up your people and say, "Let's let's help. Let's keep our image so good." You know, like people would love you if they found out Staples was doing that. Well, I think a lot of good stories are coming out. I'm seeing uh, some companies that are, you know, offering a lot of donations. I'm seeing a lot of generosity, compassion. If anything, that's probably going to be the positive side of this whole crisis. You know, people are coming together, just like they did with 9-11. You know, when, when the shit hits the fan, people do come together. I mean, uh, just as uh, something else, um, everybody, call your local senior center volunteer to give people rides and seniors are probably going to need services they're gonna need rides to doctors they're gonna need things so I know you know they're very scared of contamination but it's not that difficult there's a block off the back seat or something you know give these people a ride they need it or even pick up supplies for them that's what a lot you know there's a lot of uh, new groups on Facebook and benefit you know you'll see something on Dick Boston on there as well about you know people 
working together to deliver food and where, you know, I'm helping a senior citizen. My family is uh, someone that lives near us. So we're there for them. Um, and I think that we should be doing more of that. Absolutely. And you know what I really like too, is a lot of the artists are raising money. A lot of local artists like Will Daly are raising money for local clubs, um, for the workers who were laid off. He raised money last night for Toad. Uh, you know, if you've ever been to Toad, it's a great place. And he's a local musician and they're playing shows you know, on, on Facebook and raising money, just like we're hoping to raise money tonight too. Yeah. I mean, I, I have seen a lot of companies. I mean, I don't know if you, you know, the, the Tavern on the Square, Boston Hospitality Group. I mean, they own a bunch of chain of restaurants and they're basically dead, but they're paying a lot of their workers. I, the last I heard, they're going to be paying almost like 70% of their workers that are laid off and they're going to give them this hours. Of course, it's not what they make in tips, but it's more than a lot of other people are doing, you know. So we got to we have to remember the companies that actually stand up and help people, not just these big giant corporations like you know Bank of America and all that. You know they suck. Sorry, you know. Again, <laughs> I, I have my local bank. Yep. Oh, let, let me ask you a question. I didn't mean to interrupt. Please uh, to, don't let me stop you from talking about your local bank. But what do you think about some of these companies where uh, they're not paying their hourly workers? So some of like, you know, the NBA and the NHL guys have actually started paying the hourly workers at some of these companies. Oh, I think it's great. I think, I mean, I mean, the, the Bruins right now, I mean, the owner of the Boston Garden isn't giving shit to their employees. I mean, that sucks. Then you have the individual step up, you know. Hey, I'll tell you something right now. Kraft, he should be putting up all the money. He hasn't, he's not going to be paying Brady now. So, hey, step up, you know. That's right. You're it's right. pretty shameful, the CD Garden. I mean, that's one of the, you know, if you're, a, if you're someone who goes to the Bruins or the Celtics games, and you find out that they're not paying people that work at TD Garden during the shutdown or maybe AMC theaters who aren't paying their people during the shutdown, when they reopen, you may reconsider not going there. And that's the way I feel. Like, if I find out that people are being treated really badly, I mean, it's it's one thing not, you know, not everyone has the money to pay 100%, obviously, but you could do something and you could try to do something. Like... You know, when, when these Kickstarters and these GoFundMe for the employees of the Boston Garden came out, when people started contributing a lot of money, but you know who didn't contribute? The, the Bruins. The Boston Bruins. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's disgusting. They should be leading the charge. You know what I mean? So, you know, Mark Cuban, he's paying his people, you know. So there are pro sports teams that are doing it right, like the Mavericks and Mark Cuban. And there are sports pro sports people who are not doing it right. And I think that people should definitely consider who you're supporting after this is all over. All right, guys, I'm going to go with Mike. Hey, maybe that was a whole new thing for you, Mike. Maybe get a webpage on who, what companies are good and what companies suck. You know, put that yeah. up for people to see. <laughs> well, I hey, think I'll let our tell her. Thank you. Thank you, big guy. Well, I think okay. that's uh, it comes it comes from the audience. We we just want to we I don't I, you know I don't want to create a website. I just want to have people call in and tell us which companies are kicking butt and which aren't, and we'll talk about it. And and there you go. You know, one of the goals of tonight's show, which it went from being a test episode to now this awesome conversation, was the hope that someone was going to call in so we could test the feature. And Big Ed just 
blew everything out of the water. So that was great. So thank you, Big Ed, for, for all that. If he's listening. Well, this was great. This is this was a good uh, test run, I think. I I really enjoyed it. And the thing is, we we've kind of hit so many different topics, but I think the reality is that right now we're in a situation where all of the topics we normally would cover on the show, uh, local politics. Oh, Mike, we actually have another call. Uh, sorry, who's on the line right now? Hey, Grant, it's Kate Phillips. How are you? Oh, Kate. Thank you so much for calling in. Uh, we're enjoying the uh, trial run here with this new format. How are you doing? I'm doing well. This is pretty cool. I love your backdrop. It looks really great. Hi, Mike. Hello, Kate. Um, I just wanted to call in because uh, I actually got kind of stuck in the midst of this. I was supposed to be going to Spanavis. Um, so <laughs> I'm actually in solo quarantine right now, uh, and I have been for the last week since I got back, but, um, you know, like, I flew over to Spain before this was, like, any big deal, and then ended up, um, unfortunately, Spanabas got canceled, like, an hour after I touched down last Wednesday, uh, and then from there, things kind of started, like, feeling like sand slipping between your hands, um, and then Trump opened his mouth and made my world uh, travel hell for the next couple of days. Uh, made it How bad really... was that? Dude, it was so scary, like... You know, I was I was awake at, like, midnight, uh, my time in Spain, and, you know, he had made that comment about the borders being closed, and I thought it was, like, a sick joke at first. Um, and then I realized it was, like, actually real, and I just calmly went to go change my, my flight. And I thought it wasn't going to be a big deal. I was like, oh, God, you know, Trump, whatever. Um, but when I went to go change my flight, I started getting locked out, and um, it became really scary really fast because, when I kept trying to book a flight, it wouldn't allow me to actually book it. The servers were getting, like, kicked out. So they would put holds on my credit cards while I was making um, booking flights home. And then it wouldn't allow me to actually um, fully book the flight. It would say that somebody else booked it from underneath me. Wow. So I, yeah. So in a matter of three hours, I was then starting to, like, really kind of panic. Um, you couldn't find any flights at this point, so I headed over to the airport in Barcelona and um, waited in line for about three hours and uh, finally spoke to someone who said by that point, um, you know, Thursday morning, you couldn't get a flight out of Barcelona for the next four days um, to anywhere, uh, which then obviously got really scary really quick because now I'm thinking I'm going to get trapped in a foreign country. I am very white. I do not speak Spanish. Um, you know, like I don't want to be here and um, then I just stayed there and I just ended up thankfully um, getting flights out to both London and to Paris and then eventually found um, a flight out of London home but ended up paying thousands of dollars to do this and this is even before anything got militarized and policed over in Spain. So, you know, I've got um, friends who got home at various stages or are still locked over there. Um, oh my God. So, you know, this is a this is a very real, very scary situation. Um, and you know, like now that I'm home, you know, I'm I'm very thankful. I'm safe. I'm not sick. Um, I think that I'm doing the best thing that I can for anybody and keeping myself solo quarantined. You know, my fiance moved out of our house. Um, so you know, this is something that I hope people are taking really seriously. I'm seeing people still having sessions. I'm still seeing people think that it's okay to have gatherings and like this is serious. Um, 
you know, and, and just on, on a couple of words that you guys were talking about earlier, you know, I, I think one of the best things you can do if you are in a situation like me, you know, supporting your friends and families that do have businesses that can either do deliveries, you know, port-side deliveries. Um, you know, it sucks not having human contact, but, like, it's so much better than potentially having somebody get sick who's an elderly person or a loved one. Um, this is just a very serious situation, and I hope people really start, you know, acting as such and changing their behavior, or it's just going to get militarized really fast here. Um, and I can tell you from what I've been seeing, it's very scary. It's very scary. This is not a joke. Um, and I'm just seeing people taking this very lightheartedly. And, like, I live right off Con Ave. I can see right outside there are still people walking around acting like nothing's changed, you know, kids playing on the playground across the street. And it's just like I don't see this going very, um, very positively. And, unfortunately, I'm concerned because the people that aren't making those behavior changes are the ones that are going to force us into a situation that's going to be way out of our control. Um, Kate, um, this is such a, I mean, first, I'm so happy to hear that you got back safe. The last update uh, I had seen from you was when you uh, posted that, you know, right after you had left and arrived in Spain, you know, this crazy order came out from the president. Um, what your time in Spain, uh, can you tell us a little bit about what was happening there? What did the government have uh, the country on lockdown at that point? Were people still able to walk around? What was it like there? Yeah, so um, I've been monitoring the situation well before I went over there because, you know, people kept asking, like, you know, oh, you're going to get coronavirus if you go over there. And, you know, admittedly, I was taking it a bit more lightly than too. Um, but I did sign up for global alerts, and, you know, there was nothing going on there other than some otherwise political unrest that had been happening for a while. Um, so there wasn't any sort of concern past, like, people just being cautious at the cannabis event. Um, I went to Ego Clash, and that was kind of where I saw a lot of behaviors changing from usual sessions that we go to. People were just very concerned about, you know, personal safety. They weren't sharing things as much. Um, you know, but as far as, like, militarization, we didn't really see that so much. It was more or less like you were asked to stay inside or to go to non-essential places. Um, the streets were really quiet. Tourism was really low. Um, there was a lot of closures of things. I'd say, like, maybe a quarter, um, a quarter to a third of all shops were, like, closed and it just seemed a little weird, and every person we asked, it seemed to be, you know, um, this is kind of an unusual case. But other than that, you know, it, it really just towards the end of my trip when I started going um, and trying to leave, you just noticed that services were shutting down at a very alarming rate. Um, I had gone to the airport at like 4 o'clock that uh, Thursday morning, and then I actually ended up getting flight out on Friday morning. So I went back to my Airbnb. And even the matter of, like, trying to get a cab Friday, um, it was very eerie. Like, nobody was out. People were kept inside. All events were canceled at this point. Um, events were limited to, I think, groups of 20 at this point. And then there was talks of, you know, the U.K. and Paris being shut down for people flying out. So... You know, I just need to make it really clear in, like, how short of a period of time this was, how scary it got. Um, and, again, like, I've got videos from friends right now, like, a couple of my friends own clubs out there, social clubs, and they're sending videos of police telling people to get off of their rooftops. You know, like, you're not allowed to go much of anywhere um, unless you have authorized papers to do so. So, you know, I'm just, 
I'm not feeling very optimistic, and I hope people are really kind of prepared to make the sacrifices that they need to make so that we don't see this continue, and it really hurts some people. One uh, very quick Thank question. Thank you so much. Oh, sorry. Just, yeah. a ver just a question I think might be on a lot of people's minds, and because it's such a unique opportunity with someone who actually came back during the lockdown. Um, you said you've uh, put yourself on a voluntary quarantine. What was your experience actually coming home through the airport in the U.S., and how did that play out? <laughs> I'm so glad you asked. Nobody cared. Nobody asked me a thing. It was insane. I um so the the reason why I was really freaking out was originally just because everything was blowing up here in Boston. So I was so concerned I wasn't gonna be able to get back here, um, more so than leave Spain at this time. And when I came back, the only thing I was asked was if I came in um, contact with somebody who is known to have COVD, um, or if I came from a high risk area. I said yes. I came from Spain. I just stayed in Barcelona for a couple of days, and then I flew by way of London, had a layover for half a day, and came home. Um, they didn't seem to care at all, didn't bat an eyelash. I asked them where I could go for more information on updates. They didn't give me anything to follow up. The guy actually laughed at me. Um, you know, this, this was not taken seriously at all, and really, nobody really cared. The only thing I would say that I saw a big difference is people were, like, almost everybody who came in contact with you um, at the airports so was wearing face masks. So that was definitely something. There was a lot of social distancing, um, even in like big lines, which at that point was fairly minimal because I left early. But um, for a lot of the people, you know, waiting, waiting a little bit longer, people that like laughed at me for being so rash and leaving early, um, they dealt with lines that were like eight hours long, six hours long, and we're not socially distanced. So, um, which is scary, you know, which is very scary, those pictures that we saw. Um, I want to ask you about the poll, you know, the politicians. But your view, because you're someone who just experienced something, you know, this, this, and you know, the question I have on, you know, my mind is how do people feel about Donald Trump's response, Charlie Baker's response, Governor Cuomo's response? How would you rate like those, just those three leaders? Yeah, um, I mean, it's interesting. You know, I. I previously cannabis worked as a wilderness medic, and as part of that, I went through advanced training with FEMA to help with emergency response. So it's interesting because I understand that organizations like FEMA and others are very much prepared for these kind of scenarios and have trained people to understand the very realistic play out of how, how this is happening almost to a T. Um, so when you know that you have resources and organizations like that that are prepared and there are people at varying degrees of supporting it, or are getting in way of them doing their job or you know, giving them the resources they need, it's just frustrating. Um, I think as Trump goes, if I were to give it a pass-fail, I'd give him a fail. Um, you know, unfortunately, I think he's just kind of pissing on his own feet and asking why it's raining, taking resources away from uh, different states that really could be um, doing a much better job. I think uh, Governor Cuomo did a pretty good job you know, shutting down, I'd say he's a pass. Um, you know, shutting down the state and really kind of going out of his way to open up resources for people, um, like we talked about earlier in the show, with, um, you know, like service industries, you know, really kind of helping them in small businesses. Um, and, you know, as far as Massachusetts goes, I think we're talking just barely passing. Um, again, I feel like more extreme measures should have been taken. I think that this is being really trivialized when it shouldn't be. And, um, 
you know, again, I saw kind of this fallout, you know, at the very, very beginning stages. Um, I, I'm just very concerned for, for people taking this lightly, for seeing all these people in St. Patrick's Day drinking at bars down the street from me. You know, it's, it's very concerning. Um, so I hope to see some sort of advanced measures soon to really help combat this, um, or we're going to see inflation numbers that we're not going to be able to control, and we're not going to have the resources. And people like myself who may have training to do this, who are immunocompromised, don't have the opportunity to be able to even give resources because I'm concerned for my health and safety. Um, so this is something that is a once in a lifetime situation and uh, I don't think anybody can really know what to do, but I can definitely tell you there's some people doing some really things that are not right. <laughs> wow, thank you so much for calling. No problem. Nice chatting with you guys. Be well. Stay safe. Glad to hear you're okay, Kate. Thanks so much for calling. Well, that was quite intense. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I, you know, we've had a, I, I think it's a, a good time to end the show, but it's a good first run. I mean, we've been going for an hour some things that we need to work on and some things that are just awesome already. So the calls, that, that call from Kate was great. That was really such a unique perspective. And I got to say, I, I had a sense that a lot of people were going to be interested in, in watching episodes like this uh, because of the fact that so many people are, are inside and, and starved for information. I cannot believe uh, how many viewers uh, we've had throughout this show. I've kind of been keeping an eye on the stream. So if this is the kind of content folks uh, need right now, I uh, definitely think we're going to be able to put out a lot more of it coming forward. And I think this was a great introduction to this new format. And think, we're just flying by the seat of our pants. Like, I don't even have the computer yet I need. <laughs> we just basically have done this from nothing, and it's working awesome. So if you want to support us, because, we, you know, we have that phone line that way that we've got some of our calls tonight, which is awesome. But we want to get, uh, like, a real awesome dedicated line, and it costs more money through Zoom, and we need to work on some other things as well. We need more equipment. We need more money because we want to write more stories, and we want to, you know, to cover expenses. There's an expense to the operation that we do. Uh, midnightmass.substack.com if you want to become a paying subscriber. A lot of our content's there. Uh, you can you know, read the release from Mike Conley who wants to shut down the state of Massachusetts, uh, Mass State Rep. You can also read the 50 medical doctors who warn of the coronavirus emergency uh, that went viral. We, we're going to have a lot more content there, a lot more interviews with people that in the community, like Kate called in tonight, who have been directly affected, and we're going to have a lot more written content there. But also with this show, like we're talking about, we're going to be doing a lot more Grant and I. And uh, we'll be open to you and, and being a part of the community and part of the show. So if you have something that you want to talk about, hit us up, hit Grant or myself up. Uh, Mike Crawford, obviously on, the, on the, the voice you're hearing right now, and Grant Smith in the studio, in his home studio. We're now recording at home. But if you want to support us, the big way that you can support us right now is either midnightmass.substack.com, become a paying subscriber uh, for $5 a month, or if you just want to send us some money, Venmo, you can send it right to us right now. It's Mike Crawford, T-Y-J, Mike Crawford, T-Y-J on Venmo, we'll, we'll, any amount. And we're going to be giving away, you know what, if we get to, 
you know, some contributions tonight. I'll give away T-shirts. We got some Young Jerks T-shirts. Uh, I don't know. What, do you think we should say an amount grant or just any contribution? Like, what? what do you, how do you want to do this? Well, I think what we should do is that if there is even one contribution, we'll send out one shirt. If we hit five contributions, we'll send out another shirt. And the people entered into the drawing to win the shirt will be the people who donate. There you go. We'll do that. And we'll also give out one T-shirt to the first person, no matter who it is. Like, no matter if there's one person or two people, you know, we'll, that person will get a shirt. So if you're the only one tonight, you're getting the shirt, no matter what. And they are really awesome shirts, and you get to wear it to the different cannabis events, and people will come up to you and say, oh, are you affiliated with the Young Jerks? And you can say, yes, I'm a proud sponsor of the Young Jerks, because at this point, we're relying uh, on you guys for something that we've actually never had to rely on before as part of this show, uh, which is we don't have the opportunity to pursue the sponsors we normally would right now. So if you have the ability to support us, if you've appreciated the content over the years, not a single dollar of it will go towards promoting corporate cannabis. Not a single dollar of it will go towards giving a voice to someone who's providing cover for big cannabis. We're one of the on-the-ground grassroots voices in this community, and we tried to never ask for help. But in the face of this earth-shattering change, if you do have the ability to help, please do. And also remember, you can help us without giving us any money. Every time you share the stream, every time you leave a comment, every time you leave a like, it helps with our engagements, it gets the content out there to more people, and it allows us to do more of these episodes, which we really enjoy as well. So, And also our podcast. Make sure you subscribe there on uh, you know, The Young Jerks, on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you find your podcast. We are there. Uh, there's also another way you can contribute money if you're on the Anchor app. Uh, you can also contribute there too. We're on there as well. There's a way you can give, I think, $10 a month through Anchor. We'll take your money wherever you want to send it. But uh, right now, tonight, we're saying Venmo or the Cash App. And the Cash App, uh, it's the, the Cash, Mike Crawford 1. That's the handle. Or on Venmo, it's Mike Crawford, TYJ. First person who does it gets a T-shirt. Just tell us the size. We have from small to double XL right now. We have all those uh, options. So you just tell us what size T-shirt you want, and we'll send it out. Uh, we just need to know your address. And we'll take any contribution for that, right? We're not even doing a minimum contribution, are we? No, we're probably one of the only people that will let you enter for any amount that you feel comfortable with. So anything that yeah. you want to so send. So if you want to give us a dollar right now, a dollar, you're, you're in on it. And the best part about it. Mike Crawford, TYJ, and Mike Crawford won. And, you know, I understand a lot of people lost their jobs and lost work, and they may be like, why am I going to give them money? <laughs> I just lost my job. We totally get that. Like, we, one of the things we're going to try to do is start doing more fundraisers for other groups, too, as well, and other people uh, who have lost jobs and staff, just like Will Daly's been doing. And we're promoting those, obviously. Those actions are already happening. Um, but, you know, for us, we really could use the support and there are some people who didn't lose their jobs. Maybe you're a school teacher or you work at a government office or your employer is paying you right now to stay at home or, you know, maybe you're, you're just very wealthy or you have a business that's doing really well. And we do have some of those supporters already, which, you know, we've never really relied on them. It just did help us. It really did help us to have a few supporters. 
but now we really need it. And uh, we're really asking you, if you can support us, please do so, because we feel like we're going to be able to deliver. Really, we've already delivered. You look at all the things that we've done over the last couple of years. Uh, we, we make news, but we also, more than importantly than making news, is we create news. And what I mean by that is we create action and, and we create real positive effects that you can see, whether it's you know getting someone's license back that was un, unfairly targeted for recommending medical cannabis patients, a doctor, a medical doctor, a great guy, who's probably in the ER right now helping people, you know? So we've done that. We've uh, freed people from jail that were not supposed to be in jail. We've uh, changed laws in Massachusetts, right? We've helped with medical cannabis and legal cannabis. We've uh, raised money for people that needed it. We've raised awareness. We've done all of that and much more. I mean, we can talk about, you know, all the different ways we could be here all day, but I think, you know, if you, especially if you've been watching us and listening to us for a while, you know, Venmo, Mike Crawford, TYJ, or the cash app, you can send it cash, Mike Crawford one. And, and, and there we'll is, send you out a t-shirt. And, and there is one yeah. announcement I want to make. I know um, one thing people will also realize is that we don't, I mean, Mike, I've listened to you for years. I think this is the first time, and it is in extenuating circumstances, that I've ever actually heard you talk about all of those things that you do. So for those who are finding us for the first time, you know, this is very out of the norm to, to hear uh, this level of detail about all the good work the Young Jerks has done. And I just want to say, you know, from an outside perspective for so many years, you know, you hit the nail on the head. But secondly, I wanted to remind people that if you are thinking about ways to give back, one really important thing right now, and by mentioning uh, the doctor who got his license reinstated, you reminded me of this. Uh, if you have the ability, hospitals and uh, uh, medical centers uh, uh, sometimes like uh, food donations because they have to work such long shifts and right. eat cafeteria food. So if anyone out there listening uh, has the ability and you uh, would like to look for a way to give back, you can uh, have uh, food delivered to your local hospital and the frontline responders would be very grateful. Perfect, Grant. I think we had a great show. Um, we just got a contribution, definitely, uh, from Robert Hako. He's definitely getting a T-shirt, and whether he was the first or not, we have to check the other platform. But we definitely did get one uh, on a cash out just now from Robert. Thank you, Robert. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Mr. Hako. Um, as you remember, Mike, uh, when I was first introduced to writing uh, for Midnight Mass, I did a piece on... Terptown Throwdown, the uh, wonderful event that Phil Hardy and uh, his partner, whose name is uh, escaping me right now, uh, uh, they run that wonderful event. And while I was there covering it, um, uh, Hako was kind enough to give me an interview uh, while I was at that event. And he was the first person I ever interviewed for Midnight Mass. So thank you very much, Hako. Thank you. And uh, thank you, yeah, thank uh, Robert Hocko, thank Hocko. And uh, yeah, we have other comments. Uh, people are really liking the show. I can see that online on Facebook. So they, are we on YouTube tonight too? Is that a new thing or did we not get on there? We're just on Facebook? Yeah, so this is our first time just on Facebook, but you bring up a good point, which is that in the future, uh, we're looking for ways to uh, expand our platform. So you might see us live on uh, multiple platforms like YouTube and that could be quite fun. 
Yeah. And hopefully Twitter too, because we are broadcasting on there. I really like Twitter, but uh, we have so much more planned. Thank you so much, Grant, for being the, the main host tonight. This is like the first time where you're leading the show and I'm kind of the second banana. It's weird, isn't it? You know, I think I was more just coordinating everything. Uh, I don't know. You're if like I, the producer now. Yeah. yeah you're I don't know. like the producer. I don't know if I could yeah. have done it without you kind of leading us through, but I think that. Uh, no, it was you can. You're going to do. Yeah. Look, so let's just leave it at this because I do have to run. I think you have to run too, but uh, we're going to continue to do this. We, The Young Jerks is going to continue forward, especially with your support. We really appreciate the support we get. Uh, the shares, the loves, the invites. We have a group. Please subscribe to our group, The Young Jerks. We also have a, a patience group, Patience Over Profits. Join that group, midnightmass.substack.com. You can give us money right now. We really appreciate the contributions because that's what's keeping us going. Uh, we have uh, Venmo. It's Mike Crawford, T-Y-J, or the Cash App. It's Cash, Mike Crawford, one. If you want to give us a contribution, we're giving away T-shirts. Uh, for contributors. We laid out the rules a few minutes ago, but we do got to run, and I really uh, loved our callers tonight. We had Big Ed, and we also had uh, Kate. She's awesome. She's got a bunch of affiliations. You know, Do you know what they are, Grant? Uh, I know that Kate is the research director at C3RN, but she has also done a litany of other work as well. Yes, she's awesome. So that was a great call. And we're going to be doing a lot more, and if you have something that you want to bring to our community, the show, let us know. We're here for you, and we're excited. Even though this is a really tough time, and I understand people are down, we're going to get a lot of tough calls like we had from Kate tonight, and a lot of tough reality, but you know what keeps me going is when I can be part of something greater than myself, and I feel like that's what this is, and that's why we're asking you for money, because we really want to continue it and keep it going um, and but we also want to thank you I want to thank our community because uh, it brought me up like the, last week I was I was crushed I, you know I was like the end of the show the end of life the end of events the end of and we're dealing with you know we know this is going to be really hard for especially where we're at in Massachusetts but I feel like if we stick together you know we're not alone in this so true. So thank we're giving, yeah, go ahead, Grant. Sorry. No, I was going to say thank you for giving me a chance to be a part of this, Mike. Uh, it's definitely helped me get through sort of the onset of this change in day-to-day -day life, and uh, I'm very grateful. Thank you, Grant, for being a part of it. Thank you for running the show tonight. Yeah, it was really great. Thanks, everyone, for calling, and I guess we've come to the end of the road. That's it. We'll see. I always want to say we'll see you next week, but no, we'll see you next time, which is going to be real soon. It's going to be sooner than next week. We're not sure when the next live broadcast will be exactly, but we know it will be soon. Yes, so keep an tuned. eye. Unless you have something announced. Do you have a date yet? Uh, keep an eye on the Facebook page. Provisionally, we're looking Sunday afternoon for our first sort of uh, panel event, which will be a discussion with uh, growers and uh, interactive opportunity for patients to learn how to get their first grow off the ground while they're at home over these coming weeks. Which is perfect. This spring, everyone needs to start growing in Massachusetts. We need to grow more than we ever have before, and we're going to start it maybe Sunday. If not Sunday, it'll be pretty damn soon. Stay tuned to our Facebook page and stay tuned to our podcast. 
Again, we're on iTunes. I want to thank everyone who listens on iTunes and Stitcher and Overcast and uh, Spotify. Tune in. We're, like, moving up the charts on some of these places, and it's really exciting to see after all this time that we're actually getting more momentum, which we really wanted. Uh, And so it's really exciting to see it. I want to thank people who listen on those platforms, but I also want to thank the ones that review, rate and review, especially on iTunes. But you can also do that on Overcast and some of the other uh, podcasts, listening services, destinations, whatever we call those things. But I want to thank everyone who's uh, been helping us out along the way here. Yep, great community. We'll see you next time, Grant. Yep, I'll see you guys very soon and talk to you soon, Mike. Have a good one.